How do you help your storytellers and teachers captivate kids with the power of God's Word? If you'd like to discover some tips and tricks, well, stick around because that's what we're going to be talking about today on the Simple Kid Men Podcast, Episode 18. Hey friends, welcome back to the Simple Kid Men Podcast, the podcast where we take the complicated world of children's ministry and boil it down to the things that matter most. Boy, our topic today is a huge one. It is one of those things that I would say definitely matters most. And it's also just a personal passion of mine. We're going to be kicking off a multiple episode series on storytelling, communicating, teaching kids. This is a passion of mine. It is my heartbeat. If I didn't work for a church, I would be volunteering for one of you guys in your church, getting up in front of kids trying to captivate them with God's word and explain it in a way that makes sense to them and makes a difference in their lives. I love storytelling. I love teaching God's word. And when done well, it is an absolute blast. But over the last 25 years of children's ministry, I have seen a lot of storytelling. I have sometimes been the person up on stage. I have been the person in the back of the room watching other communicators. And when it's done well, when the person has some skills and a heart for God and really understands how to communicate with kids, it is pure magic. Goosebumps moments in the room as God's word comes to life in the hearts and minds of children. It's awesome. But I've also been in the room for the train wrecks. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I've been watching them from the back of the room. Sometimes I've been the one responsible for the train wreck. I've been the person in front of kids and it's just going terribly, crashing, burning, bombing in every way. And that is so painful. And we obviously want to help people to avoid that because we want kids to know that God's word is never boring. It is never dull. It is sharper than a double-edged sword, and it can do amazing things in their hearts and their minds as the Holy Spirit works. Okay, today we're going to dive into the first of three essential tools that storytellers need to understand how to use if they're going to effectively connect with kids, engage them with God's Word, and really bring it to life in their hearts and minds throughout this episode, I'm going to be sharing some examples from Scripture, John 20, Mark 4, 1 Kings 19, and these are going to come straight from the NIV, but you'll also be able to see that I've adapted them, adding in some details, embellishing, kind of heightening the storytelling a little bit, very consistent with the Scripture, but um, I did want to give credit to the NIV for those passages. Now, throughout this episode, I'm going to be using the term storyteller. You may call them a teacher or communicator or a large group host or whatever. It's the person up in front of a group of kids teaching the Bible. When we tell a story or teach a Bible lesson, we are taking kids on a journey. And on that journey, we are the guides. As the guide, it's up to us to set the tone and take kids into the world of the Bible. If we do this half-heartedly, we may get kids near the story, but we won't be able to lead them into the heart of the story and really bring it to life. It's not just our content, but our delivery that makes the difference. Probably the worst piece of advice I've ever heard someone give storytellers over the years is be yourself when you're teaching. The thing that makes this advice so bad is that it's half right. I mean, your storytelling style is going to be different than mine. The exact way you deliver a story probably won't look exactly the same as the next person who teaches in that environment. That part of the advice, being yourself, is good. However, I've seen lots of people get up and teach kids and just be themselves, and guess what? They were pretty boring. 
they used it as an excuse to not be intentional and to not understand what kids need from a communicator to bring the Bible to life. Now, most of us don't naturally communicate in a way that's engaging to kids. So forget the advice to just be yourself. What you have to be, get this, is the most entertaining version of yourself. Oh, it's in there. Don't worry. It is. Everybody has it. You have to be you, but be engaging. And the great news is God has given all of us three primary tools to do that. Our voice, our face, and our body. We're going to talk more about our voice in a few minutes. Now, here's what I mean by being the most entertaining version of yourself. Have you ever seen someone who is kind of quiet or laid back start talking about their passion? It's awesome. Like when I'm in a social situation where I don't know people well, I'll just try to ask them questions about themselves. And if I ask the right question about their kids or their job or their favorite hobby or their favorite movie series or some area they're really knowledgeable in, suddenly it's like there is a switch flipped and they come to life. Their voice gets louder or they talk faster. Their face lights up and even their body language tells you that this is the thing they are more excited about than anything else on the planet. As Christian communicators, God's word should bring us to life. When we step onto stage to tell a story or teach a lesson, kids should hear the passion in our voices, see our faces light up, and read in our body language that the Bible is the most exciting thing ever. Now, here's the great news. God has given us all three primary tools to do just that, to bring the most engaging, entertaining version of us to the table every time we teach. And here are the tools, our voice, our face, and our body. Today, we're going to primarily focus on our voice, and in future episodes, we will be talking about how we can use our faces and our bodies also to bring God's Word to life. But today, let's talk about our voices. Have you ever heard someone teach in a monotone voice? I had a teacher, and I won't tell you the subject or what stage of life because I would never want to hurt their feelings, but I had a teacher once who was terrible at this. She took a subject that I already found incredibly dull and made it absolutely unbearable because she was talking in a monotone voice. Now, when it comes to using your voice in storytelling, remember, variety, it's not just the spice of life. It is the spice of your communicating. Now, one way to bring variety to your storytelling is to pay attention to the pace or speed of your words. When you're getting to a more exciting part of the story, you begin to speed up. And just by talking faster, you're cluing kids into the fact that this part of the story is thrilling. However, if you talk fast the whole time, you're just going to wear people out and it won't be exciting anymore. That's why as you get to more powerful moments in the story, you need to slow down and speak more deliberately and build the tension of the moment by taking your time. Here's an example. Think about the story of Peter and John at the empty tomb. The Bible tells us that early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to tell Jesus' friends, Simon Peter and John, and she said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. Peter and John didn't know what to think, but they had to see it for themselves. They had to. So they bolted out of the room, running as fast as they could, arms pumping the air, legs flying, breathing hard, sweat pouring from their faces. Well, Peter was out the door first, but John? <laughs> John was faster. He caught up to Peter, passed him, and ran as fast as he could to the tomb. But when John got there first, he stopped dead in his tracks. The stone had been rolled away. It was so heavy, so big. How could this be? 
John stared into the darkness of the tomb and wondered, what would he find inside? He bent over and looked in and saw strips of linen lying there, neatly folded. It was the cloth that Jesus' body had been wrapped in when he died. But there was no body. John was so confused, so scared, he just stood there. He couldn't bring himself to go inside. But then Simon Peter came running up behind him, and he didn't wait, didn't hesitate, but ran straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, John worked up his courage and willed his legs to move and stepped inside the tomb. There was no body, no Jesus, just empty cloth. He saw and believed. Now you'll notice when I started that passage, my voice was pretty neutral. I started the story at a medium pace so I would have some room to work. I wanted you to feel it when my voice was really fast or really slow. Now I didn't do that perfectly, but you can see that just by speeding up and slowing down, it brings a lot more variety to the story. Now another way to bring variety to your story is to vary your volume. There are some times in telling the story that you're gonna wanna get really loud, and other times you need to get soft and even whisper. Here's an example. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon, a fierce storm came up. The wind began to blow and howl louder and louder, so loud it was probably hard for the disciples to hear each other talk over the sounds of the wind. Then the waves kicked up higher and higher and started crashing and smashing into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Well, believe it or not, Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat, curled up with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher! Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Be still! Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Okay, I added a few details into that story and embellished it a little, but basically... All of that was right in the text. It specifically says the disciples shouted at Jesus. And it tells us that after Jesus did a miracle, there was a great calm. I just took those cues and varied my voice appropriately. Now, another really powerful way you can use your voice is to use different voices or different characters in your story. Now, you may choose to go all out and do really distinct voices for different characters, which might especially be effective for preschool or early elementary or you might do what I typically do and just use different tones of voice or attitude to bring a character to life. For example, if you're telling the story of Jonathan and the Philistines from 1 Samuel, you have characters like Jonathan and the armor bearer and Saul and the Philistine guard at the outpost who all talk. They should kind of have a different attitude at least, even if you don't do a different voice. The Philistine should be gruffer and more antagonistic. Jonathan's armor bearer, you may choose to kind of sound a little younger because he's sort of Jonathan's sidekick and helper. Um, for Jonathan, you might kind of keep your voice sort of neutral because he's the one who's going to be doing most of the talking. And for Saul, you could just make him sound a little more regal, even if you don't go full out with a different voice. 
like I said, just you need to dial that in or dial it back depending on what you feel comfortable with. But it is important when you have multiple characters talking in a story that they do sound different, even if it's just in tone and attitude and not a full-out voice or accent, which can be distracting if it's not in the right context. All right, finally, when you're thinking about how to use your voice, don't be afraid of intentionally using silence. As a general rule, you want to come out of the gate strong, immediately grab kids' attention, and don't let go. So moments of silence because you're unprepared or don't know what to say next are bad. However, when you're intentionally using silence, you can actually make kids pay more attention by pausing or letting a phrase hang in the air. These are particularly useful when you're getting to a moment of wonder and awe in the story. For example... Elijah was terrified of Queen Jezebel, so he ran into the desert to escape the clutches of the wicked queen. Well, there in the desert, God gave him food and water for his journey. So Elijah, still discouraged, continued walking for 40 days and 40 nights until he finally reached a mountain called Horeb that was known as the Mountain of God. So Elijah found a cave and went in to spend the night, and he complained to God about his situation. I've worked really hard for you, God, but the Israelites have turned away from you. They tore down your altars and killed the other prophets like me. Well, now they're trying to kill me too. Well, God told Elijah to go outside so he could speak to him. Suddenly, a powerful wind, like a hurricane or a tornado, tore across the mountain. It was so strong, it shattered rocks on the mountainside like they were nothing. But God didn't show up in the wind. And then, just as soon as the wind passed... The ground began to rumble and shake. It, it was an earthquake, and it probably felt like the whole mountain was about to fall apart. But God didn't show up in the earthquake either. Then, after the earthquake had passed, a blazing wildfire raged across the mountain. But God wasn't in the fire. And then the fire died down, and there was no wind, no earthquake, no flames, only silence. Suddenly, Elijah heard it. A gentle whisper. Listen. It was the very voice and presence of God. So you see how pauses and silences, when used appropriately, can be really effective. Whenever I do the Jonathan and the Philistine story, at the end, there's a great line that's right on a scripture that says, the Lord rescued Israel that day. And every time I say that when I'm telling that story, I say, the Lord rescued Israel that day. Pause. And then I repeat, the Lord. And then I talk about how God is really the hero of the story and not Jonathan or Saul or the armor bearer or anybody else, really emphasizing that this was all about God and his power. So, Pauses can emphasize certain words. They can evoke wonder and awe, but you have to use them well and use them sparingly. Well, that about wraps it up, friends. I encourage you to try some of these ideas that you've heard today. Take one of your favorite Bible stories and see how it would change if you intentionally used your voice to try to bring it to life. Our simple takeaway today is this. Use your voice intentionally to bring the Bible to life for kids. Our Bible verse today is from Psalm 71:15 in the CEV. It says, All day long I will tell the wonderful things you do to save your people, but you have done much more than I could possibly know. That verse reminds me that I could spend my whole life using my voice to tell God's story, and I would never run out of material because God is so big, so good, and I really could tell of His wonders 
all day long. Hey, if you found this helpful, one way you can help me is by jumping over to iTunes and leaving me a review or giving a rating to the podcast. It just helps get the word out to more children's ministers about what we're doing over here at Simple Kid Men. Also, be sure to head on over to the Simple Kid Men blog because there you can sign up for the newsletter and make sure you don't miss out on anything that I'm going to be releasing throughout the year. I have a lot saved up that I'm going to be sending out to you guys. Some of it will be things I'll be releasing on the podcast. Other things I'll be releasing on the blog as free bonuses, downloads, things like that. So make sure you subscribe to the newsletter because that way you just don't miss out any way around. I don't want you to miss it because we're going to have a lot of fun together and I hope you have a lot of fun this week bringing the Bible to life for kids using your voice and every other tool and skill that God's given you. Have a great week serving God's kids. I'll see you back here next time on Simple Kid Men. Simple Kid Men.